0: podcast magazine the preeminent publication covering podcasts podcast culture and the podcasters fans love is launching in january of 2020 prior to launch you can grab a free lifetime subscription at www.podcastmagazine.com if you love podcasts if you're a podcaster Or if you just want to stay on top of what's going on in this growing medium, subscribe now and grab a free lifetime subscription while you can. Once again, that's www.podcastmagazine.com. This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled.
1: Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olscher. Alrighty, welcome to another edition here of Reinvention Radio. Is Steve Paul's hanging out with the lovely Mary Goulet. Hello, Mary Goulet. Hello. Richie Ote, what's up, my brother?
0: What's happening?
1: Wait, wait, it's got it under control in the studio. Kelly's got it under control of the headquarters. And here on Reinvention Radio, we're hanging out with the amazing Cheryl Hodgson. Hi, Cheryl. Hi. You came all the way down from the Valley of L.A. to be with us. That I did, and I'm so sweet.
2: excited to be here. Yeah, well, we're it's excited. winter in San Diego. It is
1: winter in San Diego, and <laughs> all
2: you, two days of it,
1: I am freezing, <laughs> layered up here. And uh, as I say, uh, right before I go to bed, and it's always, I don't know, it, no matter what we do, I just I can never get warm enough. That's why I had to get out of Chicago. And I, my expression is, I'm freezing. I'm going to die. And uh, <laughs> and, and my wife. A little Lena. dramatic, yeah. And my wife looks at me. and She goes, "No, no, you won't. No, you won't. No, you, you live." Won't. I know. Much to her chagrin, she's like, "Bad weeds never die." So, <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Like and yeah, my dad more used more. to say, "You can't kill bad grass." You
1: can't kill bad grass. So exactly. That's a
2: Louisiana saying.
1: Freezing, <laughs> going to die. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man, really awesome having you here. And um, I'm doing my best Barry White impression here before the uh, before the end of the year. And uh, this is actually you. You are the, the the final. You are it. You are the the. What's the what's like the top? It begins with an e. The uh, there's an e word that begins with e. The to
3: say what
1: to say like the the <laughs> upper echelon the.
2: The final. last of final of the year?
1: The, what is it? Epitome? Epitome. Yeah, I guess tr- epitome is okay. it, right? Epitome. She's yeah. the
3: epitome of the year. She's you, the last one.
1: Yeah, actually, Well, no, epitome
3: one. is the highest. Yeah, the
1: end th- of
2: the year would be the, the, <laughs>
3: the,
1: the
2: last you or are one. We're the
1: pinnacle. <laughs> of, the
2: pinnacle. You're okay, the pinnacle
1: of, of, of Reinvention <laughs> Radio here. You have re- we have reached our final crescendo of the year, and you are our you are encore. Well,
2: I've been looking forward to this for a long time.
1: Happy to hang with you here. And um, and so yeah, a lot of lot of ground to cover, and uh, just man, 2019 covered covered a lot of ground in this year. I will tell you, make sure you guys listen to the past episodes because boy, do we have some uh, some amazing people uh, on Reinvention Radio in 2019, and uh, and for sure on our other show, Beyond Eight Figures. If you haven't listened to that show, I have show. listened to that. Cheryl's listening to that. I show. I listened
2: to your interview with Reed Tracy.
1: Reed Tracy, with mm.
2: <clears> most interest.
1: Shalene Johnson and Shanda Sumter. Well, and I haven't
2: listened to Shanda's episode yeah, yet. Yeah, Shanda was, She's I awesome. mean,
1: yeah, just we, we had a lot of amazing folks on in 2019 on Beyond Eight Figures as well. So make sure you guys check that out. And thank you for those who have been reviewing uh, and leaving those lovely thoughts on uh, on both shows. So thank you for that. So here on Reinvention Radio, we cover the gamut. And today we're talking about reinventing, branding, and
2: that's brand an evolution
1: and so that, on. That's a so esoteric on, topic. Right. Isn't what 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 <laughs> so let, let's talk about brand. So what from an outside perspective, what is what is the reinvention radio brand to you? What is what does it scream? Oh, yours. Ours. Yeah, that would be. Us. Um, well, I think it's very
2: clear what you're doing, and you're and I love the fact that you're reinventing the status quo. Yeah. You know, and dismantling it. That's we are. I think it's awesome. It's a great brand. Fabulous. Thank you.
0: As
1: you're reading the the banner. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just <laughs> looking at
2: it and taking it in from taking a visual in. perspective.
0: I bet yeah. you like the red too.
2: I do like the red. Those are my colors for yeah, brand days right. as well. And yeah. I did <laughs> I didn't cop them from you either. By the way, got red
0: just,
1: red.
2: Red, like, black, and gray. Red, red and kind black. of dark gray. Yeah. yeah,
1: and you got the the cat rimmed red glasses <laughs> on the red sweater. Uh, you're red, layered, you're layered up as, as well. You, red's you're feeling my the color. LA, the yeah, LA yeah. winter. red's my color. Red is a good color for you. So, so let's talk about first of all, like what? How would you define a brand?
2: I know that is. I was so happy you're going to ask that question. I'm hoping you, you read my mind because I think that's the biggest problem. Mm. Is it's one, to me, it's one of the most used, overused terms. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really, it means different things to different people. Mm -hmm. And I kind of got into this because I was on the legal side of what I call one aspect of branding. And so it's kind of been my passion the last eight or 10 years to kind of like, well, what about all these other people over here? And what about people who say brand this, brand that? And I don't think brand is any one thing. I think It's a process, and it's not, you don't ever arrive at the destination.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the process or part of building a business if you want to have connection and currency with your customers. Mm -hmm. And so my new little thing I came up with is, you know, creating connection and community builds currency. And I don't know that anybody else would define branding that way, and it's Mm -hmm. not my only brand, but... Um,
1: isn't that like, and just so I'm clear, it it should evoke like just by name alone or symbol alone. Like when you see whatever that icon is, whether again, that's like, like the Nike swoosh, swoosh, right? Or, or or the word, mm, I don't know, Microsoft as an example, right? Like shouldn't. Shouldn't a brand evoke? Like, isn't that the, I, the ideal scenario where, whatever that symbol is or whatever that word is, it it speaks for itself? You almost isn't that's what you that's what you want to aspire to, right?
2: Well, when you say speak to itself, evoke what? What like? Evoke what do you
1: a thinking, response? an emotion? An emotion, yeah, yeah like, a, like a response, an emotion.
2: Well, right. And I think you're right on. That's exactly what my point when I say, um, because I, first of all, I think it, branding has changed enormously since the internet. I mean, let's face it, nobody mm-hmm. was online. Nobody had social media where if you made one wrong move, you were, you know, the clients or the customers were right there to talk about it publicly, you know. So now, Managing brand reputation, for example, is a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. And also, um, you know, even 20, 30 years ago, brand management was a young MBA who got his or her degree in university, and they got hired by General Mills or whoever it was, and they managed a box of cereal on the store shelves. Mm-hmm. And that was that was the distribution outlet. Yeah. Now a brand, whether it's a person or a product or a service, they have to be on all these different platforms. And that is the difference to me in terms of reinventing what brand and branding is about is how do you create a way to communicate and connect to the consumer wherever they are Mm -hmm. because they're not all in one place. Mm -hmm. And it's a big challenge. To, to do that, you know, and do it effectively.
0: Well, you kind of have to do it in bite-sized pieces. And when I say that, I don't necessarily mean sound bites. I mean people don't have the attention to sit and listen to your whole story, so they're getting a bit of you over on Instagram and a bit of you over here and a bit of you over there. And it, when those things, your message, your colors, your things you talk about can all be consistent, then maybe they start to feel that thing. But I was going to ask you a question. I feel like brand is in an interesting state right now because you used to be famous and then you would write a book. And now you, like, write a book and state, you're famous (laughs) and start the process to become famous, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm over-exaggerating, but you you kind of
1: get the... Like a Simon Sinek is a perfect example of that, right? Yeah,
0: I mean, you kind of, it'll sound negative at the beginning, but I mean it in a positive way. Like you kind of stake your flag, this is what I am, and you're guilty till proven innocent instead of innocent till proven guilty. That's what I mean by it's going to sound negative at first, but it's like if you say it, Some people state it and walk into it, and others just state it and maybe fade away or don't do the necessary things. But I feel like, brand, when you get to that next level, like you're talking about the bigger brands, it's not what you say about you, it's what two people talking over there saying about you. That
2: is it. That is actually the game to me because, you know, I think about it and I go, okay, um, Well, first of all, I'll just back up for a second and just throw this in. What bothered me from my own personal evolution and journey was I always felt like, well, I've been over here and you know what I do is part of branding, but nobody acknowledged me. And um, on the other hand, it exists in silos, and that's what I realized, is that all the there's there's like a lot of different people that go into really building a brand. Now mm-hmm. if you're at the upper echelons. But even, you know, launching an online business, you end up, okay, well, oh, who's going to help me with my social media? And, you know, who's going to... Yeah. D- there's ends up being a lot more to it than just me in my office, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And <clears throat> so as you grow, uh, you know, how do you develop that? And you're right when I say it's... You say it's one bite at a time, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so let, let's take... Just so we're clear here. So you are When you say in your... Kind of in the past life and what you were doing and all, and I mean you're still doing some of this now. But you, I mean, you came from a, a legal background in terms of protecting exactly. brands. Yes. So what what was that work?
2: Well, it's so primarily what... trademark registration and defending brands. Okay, I mean it comes down to, you know, somebody may come to me, many clients when they're starting out, mm. and it's one simple thing of trying to get them to where they can launch a podcast, one product, you Mm -hmm. know. uh, A certain percentage of those people have a business that grows over time and they expand either into new products and services or they expand overseas. Mm -hmm. So that can involve managing things all over the world, which Mm -hmm. I love doing. That's kind of fun. Um, But then you also have that small percentage who don't do anything at all and or run into a problem. Somebody Mm -hmm. somewhere along the way tries to take their IP, and, you know, so it's how they get protected. But here's where I think the the missing link has been, and it's worse in a bigger company, but there is a certain extent of this, which is it's the communication across the lines because I, I know lawyers and friends of mine who have worked in more bigger corporations and there's kind of a joke about the fact that well the marketing team always thinks the legal is trying to like shoot them in the foot Mm -hmm. right they're not they don't see them as like part of the team Mm -hmm. because well you shoot down every idea we come up with right i mean that's kind of the perception um so you know that's what i mean when i say it exists in silos because people have their own area of expertise, and how, do, and now it is much more of a collaborative process. But I think it goes back to, you know, that getting that message out. It's not just what you say. You can put out all the great logos, and number one, you got to have a good product or service. I mean, that, yeah. that's foundational. If you don't have that, you're not going to go anywhere very far. But it's, <clears throat> I think, creating when I use the word connection and community, I'm not even thinking about, I'm thinking about connecting with the people in, you're working with. To me, the experience of a brand is, who, who, how do I get treated on the other end of the phone? Or when I show up at, at, to check in at the airport, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> am I an unhappy employee of a company that's merged three times and mm-hmm. they've been abused, you know? Yeah. It's the culture. Company culture is a good part, of big part of it
0: especially these days. I mean, you think about how many of the people sitting at their office on the computer and there can be, I, I would never know the exact numbers, but they could be sitting there wasting time or they could love where they work and they could be the biggest brand advocates of that company,
2: Absol- no doubt,
0: like more so than the customers almost.
2: That they're, That's the point. You're yeah. right on. that. To <clears> me, <throat> that's the key.
1: I wonder if that's the um, kind of an interesting... It marries a lot of what we've been talking about. (laughs) Mary. Mary. It marries a lot of what we've been talking about here. But I wonder if like the future of branding to some extent is a combination of the corporate brand and the personal brand. Like when you think about the CEOs of the future, like if you've got a choice like John Legere or whatever his name is, the guy, the T-Mobile guy, right? Like I forget exactly what his numbers are. But when he, so he just, um, I believe, signed to come on to WeWork um, as the new CEO of WeWork. And when you look at, his numbers, I mean, from a personal branding standpoint, it gives you a lot of leverage to say, look, I am also a a personal brand, not only in terms of, terms of what I did with, with T-Mobile, of course, and having that notoriety, but, you know, I've got 3 million followers on my own on Twitter and Instagram and, and this, that, and the other. So from a negotiation standpoint, that is, I mean, that's definitely going to give you a leg to stand. So I guess the, the point being the intersection between the personal brand and the you know, that the corporate brand, is that, is, if we're talking sort of the future of branding, so to speak, how important is that in in terms of the, the conversation?
2: Oh, I think it's right on. And mm. I hadn't thought of it that way, but I love it, what you're saying. Because, yeah. um, <clears throat> oh, who is it? I'm going to cover two things at once, going back to what you said a little while ago, is I love, remember, Andy Warhol had a famous quote, which was, everybody has 15 minutes of fame. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Whether literally or...
1: I thought his quote was, ow, that hurts. No. <laughs>
2: that- <laughs> was what? Nothing. He had many <laughs> he had many quotes. A <laughs> <Sorry>. lot <laughs> of them. But uh, but then the brand called you. I mean, yeah. and I, I researched that. In fact, in my new little book, I put a chapter in called The Brand Called You Yeah. because I want to kind of get into doing some consulting work in the personal branding space coming yeah. up. And... Um, And it's an interesting area because professionals are the ones that are struggling. I mean, just even in the exposure of, like, learning to do internet marketing and launch Mm -hmm. podcasts and all the things I'm learning, it's amazing to me how many individual professionals who were in corporate America, and that was their background, are now stepping into a different part of their life and they feel they have something to contribute or they're launching a brand. Mm -hmm. Well, to that
3: point, I was because I was hearing the corporate vein of the earlier part of this conversation. And in this room, we're all entrepreneurs. Right. And exactly. we speak to entrepreneurs, etc. So I've always branded my name so that I can have that be the umbrella over real estate, rentals, and my Catholic podcast as well. But when you're doing that, how do you would you suggest honing in on the brand? for those three different topics or go with your gut, that's four.
2: Well, I, I don't necessarily, I think there's an overlap like Steve was bringing up, but when people think of a personal brand, it's more about the personality of the individual, okay. I think, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, he has three million followers because there's something he's putting out there that is people well, are relating his to. His
3: name is his brand as well.
1: For you talking about for me personally? Yeah,
3: Steve Ulcher is your brand.
1: Yeah. My wife thinks it's the, the, the brand has no value, by the way. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Where did that go? I from? think every yeah. home is like that. Right. What? What's, it you call? can't be a prophet in your own town.
1: Right. What's it called when you um, when you try to file for a trademark or a patent and then the uh, they come back with the disputes? What do they call those?
2: Oh, in a trademark, uh, it's called an office action.
1: And then, but there's like there's a specific term that they use. Rejected. Ter- well, rejected for <laughs> yeah, sure. Rejected. But they um, they they like dispute or they argue or there's um, anyway. Um, that the joke and is past now, yeah. So I'm <laughs> gonna leave it alone at that. But, but so to that end, can you? What can you brand, and what can't you? Well, I guess you can brand anything. What can you trademark, and what can't you trademark? And when, when do you actually try to protect something? Because it's not an inexpensive proposition.
2: Well, okay. First of all. I think there's a lot of
0: layers
1: there.
2: Yeah, that was like three questions. You asked very good questions, but there's a lot there. Yeah, there's a lot there. Okay. Um, what to trademark when and how? Okay. First of all, I'm going to start with the last thing you said. I dispute the value proposition because, um, having done what I've done for so many years as a lawyer, the reason why I wrote the little book that I've just written is I actually see it as a give back as a consumer awareness guide, you know, Mm -hmm. because I have countless stories of Really good people who didn't do anything wrong, but the idea of spending a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars at the beginning of their business seemed like it was either cost prohibitive or they didn't think it was important. Yeah, and then it cost them either their business or, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or more. You know, mm. to to defend themselves. So
1: that is the word. That's defend. Yeah, when you try to file a patent, you have to defend the the various elements oh that's of, of that. claims
2: that's a little different on that's trademark different okay. yeah but they're they're the in the bend, same office but yeah. there's like it's kind of like one team speaks greek and the other one speaks chinese mm-hmm. you know they kind of don't so them.
3: with trademarking you can't trademark a title that's correct you're that's talking right. like
1: books
2: or you're right mm-hmm.
3: there can be 10 go with your gut books out there and i can't do anything Probably about it yeah but i know how.
2: i can tell you how you do do that
3: all right, we will have a conversation about that. No, but
2: I can just... Right now? Yeah, awesome. why not? Because it's pretty simple and straightforward. Yeah, let's
3: share with everyone, Mary. No. <laughs> well,
2: I've, well, I've been doing it for so many years, and I was really blessed to have a chance to work with Hay House at the beginning of the internet, and it was all authors, mm-hmm. you know? And they had courses. They were teaching trainings and certifications and workshops and appearing at events.
3: What year were you there?
2: I was never there in-house, but I... I, I um, Actually, I mean, I can probably say it. They got sued by some by another one of their authors got sued over something that was ridiculous. This is a perfect example. Okay, and it was up in Seattle, and there was no basis to the case. But <clears throat> this was twenty something years ago. Hay House got brought into it, and a woman who had done some work for them in Los Angeles as an attorney didn't know anything about trademarks, so she referred the case to me, and you know that was how I ended up starting working with them. But it. Um, the, the authors, you can't rep, you can't trademark the title of mm-hmm. the book. But if you create a course, sure, or a training, or um, you might have downloads of audio recordings, or it might, you might have a podcast with the same name. Mm-hmm.
3: So the trademark, from what I know, very little of. So correct me. Um, I was trademarking a, a name, but I had to put in there what I wanted to put that trademark on. T-shirts, yes. coffee mugs, um, maybe a course, but then somebody else in the same name as mine—probiotics, um, health things, mm-hmm. etc.—so you have to be very specific in that way to yes. get approval.
2: Yes, you can't. So you're I not mean,
3: infringing on someone else's.
2: Right, and that's what goes back to Steve's question, or which is, which we hadn't gotten to that part of the, your question, which is you can only get a trademark for what you're selling, certain products or services, okay? And um, which means that you have to be selling something, ultimately, you can file for it before you launch, but you can't actually get the registration to issue until you can prove you're rendering the services, you've launched the podcast, you've launched the training course, you're selling, Healthcare products doesn't matter what it is, right. right? And there are forty-five categories with literally hundreds and hundreds of entries within each of those categories, and you can make up your own as well. Um, <clears throat> those you only you file by category mm-hmm. for specific goods and services, right. right? Right. So you can't just have it in. And the only exception to that is is if you've become what's called a famous mark, and then I like to say you're like Superman, and you can. Leap tall buildings, right? And it, you can jump over any, any market there is. And those are the famous marks like Apple and Microsoft. They can stop anybody from using those terms for basically anything. With now. just
3: a means
0: cease and desist. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was, that's actually where I was kind of going to go. It goes back to my statements earlier, the bite-sized pieces. So, and I'm a little bit of devil's advocate here. You want people to go get a trademark on something they haven't sold yet, but we live in a world that you kind of have to experiment and go out and see what actually will sell. You might not know the right title yet. You might not know, but you could also maybe start now. You're not going to get Apple famous overnight, obviously, but if you focus on getting out and saying what you do and just stating it so to your point of there's recordings out there now. Mm and you've been saying it and you're creating something that's worthy of someone stealing <laughs> now you know i know this sounds weird no, but but uh, is there a way you can do it in bite-sized pieces the process like okay i'm gonna go do this piece and i'm gonna focus on getting my work out there and focus on selling it then i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna do this piece, and then oh, you you got a bunch of people doing go with your gut now. I might want to get into probiotics too, so I'm gonna go get that trademark now too, can which you, would can make you, perfect sense for you. To you know, do. It can
2: you? It's actually a very good idea. It's called brand extension.
0: You know exactly.
1: So like
2: <laughs> the ideas that come from this room are. Hey crazy. Richie, you
1: should you should think about maybe doing something with your ideas.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> well, I mean that's that's kind of where I'm going because I've been in this never-ending loop with it too. But and I don't want to go down that right now. I'll talk to you offline about it, but it's like, can you do that in does it have to be one particular order, or can it go in different orders? Because I think some people get so caught up.
1: can we use can we use a real life example? like, yeah, like I'm how about lost. like how about podcast magazine which I know we've been talking about right and and I'm thank so you. excited
2: you're launching that
1: Thank you so I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna sign up to write some kind of article.
1: I would love that if you did that So <laughs> I let's don't know what I'll say but <laughs> maybe we can talk about protecting the brands of podcasts right <laughs> oh, yeah um, which is actually, how about that for an idea? by
2: the way which is actually really important because you know when I was preparing for New Media Summit which yeah. just to listen to all these podcasts when you start going into iTunes, you can find five podcasts that almost same almost name. all have the same name. Well, <laughs> yeah. okay,
1: so let's uh, wait. Are you wait? Can this can this wait for her to go through the real life example? Okay, wait. Yes, thanks. You yes, can let's wait. do this. So let's let's use the real life example then of podcast magazine to play further on Richie's point there. So for us to trademark it, do we do that no. now? Should we do that? Does it need to be done? Is it worth the expense? Is it like uh, what do we do?
2: Well, I mean, I think you're talking about a brand ultimately that's what you're getting into it for is to be successful. I mean you know you guess you can wait three years or five years and find out if you fail and then you, then you've saved the money. but if mm-hmm. you're successful, I don't know you know it, it's it's I kind of see it as an as an insurance policy because there is a two step process to your question one is um, when there's two ways to file one is I'm intending to launch and the other one is um I've already been using it. You don't save very much. You save like maybe $300 or $400 Mm -hmm. in a year and a half. By So the idea of doing it or filing it before you launch is it gives you a year or six months to flush out what your product's going to look like, what your services look like. Mm -hmm. Okay, I can give you a recent example of someone who got referred to me and she's had a skincare line for three and a half years and she didn't, and then all of a sudden she realized, okay, well, maybe I need to talk to you about a trademark. And guess what? It was already registered by somebody else. So before she could go forward on her podcast, we also had to change the name of her entire product line. Wow.
0: That makes sense because I bet you there's trolls out there literally waiting for to see, oh, it's going to be successful. I'm going to go trademark but it. But, you know, well,
2: in her case it wasn't that. It was somebody who already had it. Mm-hmm. And that's the other side of your question that, I don't think you ask specifically with that in mind, but it's what comes up for me. And when I talk about reinventing brand, part of, to me, of what I'm trying to do differently is create a discussion in the market for new entrepreneurs about the process. Because you don't have to worry as much about spending the money and the investment if you understand that you don't go out and file as the first step. Filing, I always just, I say there's six steps, or I have three categories. You have first you have to select it, then you secure it, and then you have to sustain it. Well, the two biggest mistakes that any entrepreneur makes, and why, because they don't know mm-hmm. and nobody tends to tell them. You need to go, you have to search the market, you gotta research, and that there are professional searches, and those can get expensive. That adds to the cost. In services, it's a little bit easier, and you can kind of sidestep some of that and do it based on what you find on the Internet. But if you're launching a product and you're going to go spend $50,000, $100,000 on packaging, an extra $750 or $1,000 for trademark search that's done by a professional search company is a smart move. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's one thing. So all I'm saying, and then the second mistake they make is they select a name that can't be legally protected anyway. So they waste money on filing something that's Mm -hmm. never going to go through. And they don't have anybody that's expert enough to sit down and take them through that process. So when you say
3: legally could not be protected, would that be like, yeah, give me an example. I, I mean, like
1: yeah, podcast like, magazine is not exactly a unique, no. not neither name, neither that's what word. I'm trying to, that's true. That's
2: true. And so it's not the strongest, but you have taken two words and put them together in a fairly distinctive way. Mm. And it gets – I don't want to get too legalistic Mm. on you because there's exceptions to everything. But um, the biggest mistake is people file for descriptive terms. And I actually went under the – I haven't done it in a couple of years, and I'd like to update it soon. But under the Freedom of Information Act, I actually filed a letter a few years ago. On FOIA? Yeah, I did. Wow. To get from the trademark office what were the number of – applications each year rejected because they're descriptive, and it's over Mm 30,000. So over 30,000 people filed for something they can't protect. Is it like an adjective? No, adjectives are good. It's something that, now this is, sorry, but this is the legal lingo, and then you can spend getting the weeds on it. But it's something that describes the characteristics, quality, or ingredients of the goods. And where this comes in, it really does come up a lot on the Internet because, and I'm not judging it as wrong, but people tend to want to get a domain name that describes what they do. And over time, it, if a company's successful, you can overcome that. But you have to be really big. I mean, in my yep. little book, I won't go into the details, but I'll just tell you, if anybody happens to pick up my book, read the chapter about that whole thing. And the example I use, and it's a case, it was a public case that came down, and it's hysterical. I think it's one of the funniest lawsuits I've ever read because it was two companies with a really crappy name. And guess what that crappy name is? Mm. iPad. And... Uh, Apple went to try to register it a few years ago, and it turns out there was another little company that actually had prior rights to the term iPad. Wow. And they had used it but never registered it. And they also clearly did not ever have a trademark lawyer Mm. because if you'd see the way they used it, that's what caused them to lose. So they come in during what they call the opposition period. And first of all, Apple got rejected because it was descriptive, like I said but Apple has millions of dollars so they can spend to them it's nothing to spend 100,000 dollars at the trademark office to come in and submit evidence well everybody knows what an iPad is yeah and they're true that's true so the point of sharing this is is that those descriptive terms can become strong trademarks but there's when you go to enforce it you are required to prove it has acquired distinctiveness which means you're saying the public recognizes the word iPad as coming from Apple and that usually involves something like a half a million to a million dollars of survey evidence. Yes. So do you know anybody mm-hmm. <laughs> that wants to go spend that kind of money to prove their trademark is known by the public? So what happened to that case? Well, this is the, that's why I said it's so funny. Um, so Apple convinced the trademark office. The trademark office approved it. They did get rejected because of the other company because the other company had no registration, so they didn't come up in the records. But they decided to oppose Apple. And they had an administrative proceeding, which is how you object to registrations in the trademark office. It's something called a TTAB. And it went on for quite some time. And I can't quote it, but it's actually quite funny. The courts just, like, chastised both parties at how ridiculous they were in the proceedings. But then they went through everything, and the problem with the company that had the prior use was they had no evidence. Mm. They had never And when I say use it as a trademark, That's the other area we haven't touched on. Probably where I spend a lot of my time with new clients is actually getting on their website with them and talking to their web designer and going, okay, wait a minute, this is a descriptive use. You're using it in a sentence like it's a descriptive term. That's not what a trademark is. You know, because the the other thing that can happen to a trademark, it can start out great, but then it can get absorbed into the English language if you're Mm -hmm. really successful. That's the, if you're Mm -hmm. really successful, Cellophane, aspirin,
1: band aid, band aid, yeah, escalator, Kleenex. Exactly.
2: Well, actually, band aid has not ever been held to be descriptive, and I have a quick story about that. Mm. When I well, first,
1: hold on, okay, we'll get back to the band aid yeah. thing in a second because yeah. I want to give Wade an opportunity for one, but um, for two, just mm, quick, fast, dirty. Like, can we trademark? podcast magazine, and should we?
2: Yes, you should, and yes, you can.
1: Yes, you can, yes, you should. And what's the
2: name of your book? Real fast. Oh, it's very boring, but I did it on purpose. It's called Registered Trademark, The Business Owner's Essential Guide to Brand Protection.
3: Okay. Uh, And
2: basically it is, what is a trademark? Why do you need one? What are the benefits? How do you choose one you can register? mm -hmm. What are the pitfalls? how to not get scammed, and how do you find a good lawyer if you need one.
1: Yeah, it's so funny. We were talking before this. So we, um, we're we releasing a new program called Closing from the Stage. And so you were talking about how you were hanging out with Joel Bauer, who spent some time with me, and he's he's in that program as yes. well. Um, it's so funny. Like, I, I immediately go to, in my mind, like, your stage presentation. Like, I got the whole thing down in my mind, like, exactly how you would do it to close – Fifty percent, seventy percent of an aligned audience all day long. Like I get for it for who me? Yeah, for cool. you. To, for you to do like crystal, gonna, crystal clear. I guess
2: I'm gonna have to hire you. So <laughs> it's
1: so it's so funny. Like I mean, it, yeah. Well, you you can. We'll talk about that.
2: Um, I think I already have. And you, right then again, you are an icon maker, <laughs> aren't you? So
1: there you go. Um, but it's so funny because as I hear you talk, like it's so clear to me why someone would read your book, why someone would take the steps that they need to take to protect the brand, and then just simply how to position the importance of, of doing so, right? So it, anyway, long story short, um, I want to give Wade an opportunity. And then I've got a couple questions around brand aid itself okay. uh, because I know we're kind of going down a little trademark yeah. rabbit hole here. But Wade, what were you going to say? Well, and this
0: is hearkening back. So just if you decide to pick up the ball and run with it, but entrepreneur media is known to be very aggressive about anybody using the word entrepreneur. Mm. And so I didn't know if you had any thoughts on how aggressive they were.
2: I don't know them personally, but I have very big thoughts about the notion of what I call a trademark bully, and there is such a thing, Yeah. and my favorite story in my little book <clears throat> is, which is really one of the reasons I bought, I wrote this little book, is uh, my very first client when I moved to L.A. was a guy named Mario Salinas who owned Milagro Sound in Glendale, huge, gorgeous recording studio. Fast forward, he ended up selling the studio. Mostly I did music things for him, recording artists, agreements, and all that stuff. And he got was one of the very first adopters starting a an, um, <clears throat> and computer networking business to get people online, mm-hmm. and he was doing very very well. And his first website was a picture of a river, and he had a picture of the river on it. Well, that river was called the Amazon River. Oh boy! And his domain name was amazonnetworks.com, but he didn't think he needed a trademark. Mm-hmm. And here's another example of when you don't people don't often think about this part of it. Um, when Amazon first launched, and he launched, it was coincidentally within like two months of each other. Mm. And Amazon was only a bookseller. Yeah. If some of us are old enough to remember that. Mm -hmm. Yep. They didn't sell anything else. And when they both launched, so they were totally in unrelated fields. But because he never filed the trademark and he never carved out his niche with that certificate for what he was doing... Yeah, the computer part. He was... Relying solely on his common law rights. And this I'm t- sharing this because it's directly related to what I call the bully pulpit. He, um, fast forward six years later, he started getting cease and desist letters from Amazon. Mm. And we kind of ignored him for a while. And then they decided to sue him in federal court. And they painted him out to be, or the lawyers did, yeah. <clears throat> they painted him out to be a cyber squatter, a thief, and they basically just put all the stuff in there that wasn't true because he had legal rights. The problem was he didn't have a half a million dollars to fight Amazon by that time. Mm-hmm. So if he'd had that piece of paper, the I, I got him some settlement, but it was like a fraction of what it would have been because mm-hmm. I wasn't in a position to put in a half a million dollars of my yeah. effort mm-hmm. to, to defend him. So
1: so they they had, Amazon did actually end up paying him?
2: a small amount but it was almost nothing compared to what mm. he should have gotten mm-hmm. and what's so tragic about it is they turned around and buried the domains mm-hmm. they even let them expire i just looked at it recently just to see just, um, they just because they well can.
0: that's because they call it aws now right that's what they're doing with all their mm-hmm. networks but
2: even at the time when they sued him he they didn't really have any registrations and that really covered anything close to what he was doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I tell you that because uh, I don't know about this entrepreneur word, but I'll tell you who's the most famous trademark bully of all is, uh, oh, what was the job site? And the golf sport, uh, uh, Monster. Oh,
1: monster. Monster, oh, monster Cable. Are they still
2: around? Monster.com. Monster. Ca- no, because, Mo- well, Monster Cable went around suing everybody.
1: Oh, Monster Cable.
2: Monster Cable became like this trademark bully. that They sued mom and pop. Putt putt golf courses. They <laughs> they went after wow. everybody.
0: What about mm. the drink?
1: Right, monster good. drink. That's a good point. Oh, yeah, I yeah. think a
2: couple of them survived, but they knocked out a whole bunch of people. Hmm.
1: Interesting. So let let's go and kind of take a full circle here. Then, in terms of, I mean, if we're going to spend the, the time and the energy and the resources to try to protect a, a brand, and obviously we've now made the case for why you want to do that, let, let's talk about the elements. Uh, of a great brand. So w- in your mind, Cheryl, what, what goes into creating a really great brand?
2: Well, I mean, everything we've already talked about early on, that's after the fact, right? But early on, I mean, obviously you're trying to find, I, I love to use Nike as a great example, and I call it creating your brand dream team. Whatever your name and your elements are going to be, they're just messengers for whatever you are going to put out and create that connection or that feedback or that word of mouth mm-hmm. with the consumer.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: The idea being that when you see Reinvention Radio or you see Nike, whatever that brand is, it's, there's some mental association that's created in the mind of the consumer. Okay. So the lo- the actual logos to me are secondary. They're just the messengers. You give it meaning by what you do in the market right mm-hmm. But having said that in terms of what's protectable um, there are certain categories of marks and that are automatically distinctive that you have no problem with mm-hmm. and the two that are most uh, the best sometimes the most difficult but it's ones called arbitrary I'm excuse me I, let's start with um, uh, coined or made up okay uh, a fanciful term. that's a word that never existed that is like, Kodak, Nichitize. What?
1: Nichitize.
2: Nichitize is good. I like that. Discover, share, and monetize your niche. Things in the urban
3: dictionary, Mm -hmm. words in the urban dictionary, like, well, I don't
2: know. Like the words that are made up. Like, words that are made up. Yeet. Well, you know who my most favorite, you know, the (laughs) oldest, almost the oldest.
1: Have you heard Yeet? Bridget? No. What,
2: no. Is, what is yeet?
1: No. Yeet. Oh my God! Look that one up in the Urban Dictionary. Is it Y
2: E E
3: T?
1: Y E E T. Yeah, that is like it, this. This you want to you want to age quickly? Just hang out with a thirteen
2: year old. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so that's a great place to find
1: things. Should I go in trademark. incognito
0: mode on my computer before I look it up? Yeet is not a bad one. Okay.
2: But but you know the most famous the old, one of probably the most old, one of the oldest trademarks in the world is continuous use. Is Altoid mints mm. and it goes back to the 1800s and the word Altoids is totally made-up, mm-hmm. right? Wow! So a made-up name like that is fabulous mm-hmm. because if your product or service succeeds, now the exception to that is is if your product is so successful and revolutionary it can be at risk unless you really take care of it correctly and that goes to my sustain element on the third side of the equation is you can become a cellophane, you could become an aspirin, you could become an escalator. Okay. Right? But Xerox literally, and I admire them a lot because they spent millions of dollars. Not everybody can do that, but they were, they put ads for years. Like, don't let our trademarks go into the trademark graveyard or let Mm. it go the way of the zipper because the word zipper was a trademark too. But it became the thing itself. Oh, wow. Right? So it got absorbed into the english language because people the public didn't have another way to refer to the product Mm -hmm. so it became the product the generic term for the product
3: Mm. well those are a lot like kleenex yes um fedex it instead of sending it ups people say you know or go google it or google it yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah.
2: and i mean google doesn't have that problem because they have so many other products and services you know so they've kind of Mm -hmm. very interesting
3: and making me very nervous Oh, I know, right? No, so, it's not. It's fun.
2: <laughs> Once you know, it's empowerment. You, you know what I mean? You know I can make a better choice. And then real quickly, the second one is taking an ordinary everyday word and applying it arbitrarily. No better example in the world today than Apple. Apple yeah. for a fruit is generic, but Apple for a computer is mm-hmm. arbitrary and it's a fabulous mark. Mm-hmm. Diesel for clothing. You can take, you know, but for a diesel engine, it's a generic term.
1: Yeah, yeah so in... Especially in the worlds that we live in now with a lot of the solopreneurs and a lot of the folks who, you know, are their own companies, their own brands, et cetera, where they have multiple offerings, products, programs, services going on. I mean, like I look at my own litany of things, New Media Summit, Reinvention Radio, Beyond Eight Figures. Profiting from podcasts, launch your podcast, flash course, $1,000 funnel. You're building money, your like,
2: empire. Well, what is your what?
1: What is your what, right? I mean, like, uh, we could go broke just trying to protect all of those things. Well, Icon have, maker, right? I mean, like.
2: And what about your songs? Well, I can't help it if you're brilliant. You could come up with great brands so, and names.
1: So, <laughs> but what what is a solopreneur to do? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what.
2: Prioritize. And mm-hmm. and uh, what I tell all my clients is, when they come to me, I I sit down with people to make a plan. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it all at once. It's like you, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love my little story about this company down in Irvine. Uh, these guys from one of the aerospace companies, well, was Hughes Aircraft. Yeah, they left and raised a bunch of money and bought this little company back in the. Like, like 90s around 2000 and somehow I got called in to help them with a lawsuit on a copyrighted catalog and it turns out they had no trademark register they had three trademarks and two of them had expired Mm. (laughs) because they hadn't maintained them and um, so that got their attention and it turns out they were building distributorships all over the world and they bought up every company in their space and now they're like a global brand Mm we're making billion dollars a year yeah And they didn't start out registering everything. We would do a budget and they would say, okay, this year we're gonna do these two things.
1: Yeah, so we have $4. So, so if you had four dollars, well,
2: what would you do? What would, I would you do? I would still not let you go to legal Zoom. <laughs> but, but, but uh, mail yourself a letter.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I still somewhere where I have
2: poor come, you know, man's mom. copyright. I am still mm. trying to figure out where that that's came from. That's hilarious. hilarious. I <laughs>
1: somewhere I have an, an open envelope of what is your what that transcript you, or you city. can't
3: remember what's inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. So, um, so where, so where would you start, right? So if you were, if you were us what would you start with? Well,
2: I think you have to somehow look to some extent at what's the end game. And Mm. this isn't true for everybody. Yeah. But uh, I will tell you this, that when, if you're particularly, well, you could be a technology company, it doesn't have to just be products, but if you're a technology company or have a little food products company right now and they just got a huge offer to buy out from one of the people who, who... I, I'm not going to say right now because oh. they're, but it's a, it's a, pro, they are, they launched in a specific niche in the natural foods area, and they got a certain amount of funding mm-hmm. from a major brand overseas mm-hmm. to help them launch here in the U.S. And that company has already offered to buy them out, nice, and they've turned it down because they want to keep growing. So they're, you know, on very good terms with yeah. them. But the point being that there's two inflection points for most companies, and it's when they first get their first round of investment. So when you go out and you do a, a you know, an offer, what do they call it, round A or whatever it is. Series? A series? A round.
0: Angel.
2: I'm going to do my A round. I get my angel investors. Or you get your real first, like, investor that comes in. I promise you the only thing they care about, not the only thing, obviously looking at the product, but when it comes to the due diligence before they invest that money, they want to know what you have protected. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's the inflection point for most young companies. They may go for three or four, two, three or four, five years with not doing much of anything, but then all of a sudden the investors come in and it's like, we want to own something if we're going to invest here. And then the other point is, is time is when somebody goes to sell. It could be 20 years down the road. When purchasers come in, they're not interested. They want to know, what do you own? What am Mm -hmm. I buying? And that Mm -hmm. portfolio of IP is what they look at.
1: Mm -hmm. So especially when you're in this, this world of personal brand, which is i mean technically that's the world that i that i play in and you know not that i'm putting myself on the same level but you know people like Brennan richard and yeah, you know frank kern and Go you ahead. know the, yeah, all those there let's put what? you on the yeah, same you know, level come on
2: Steve. So, cardone
3: you
1: know like all these personal brand type folks there it's it's a little bit tricky because it's difficult to put a value and exit to put a value on and exit from a business that is so single-person dependent.
2: Absolutely. That's that's where it gets – you're right. It gets very tricky there.
1: Yeah. So so what do you do then in terms of creating value so that it's not just so single-person dependent?
2: Well, I think that's where you think about – like in your case, I wouldn't say you go – register all of them at once or spend a huge investment at once but think about what do you feel has either been the most successful or is the most important and start there because mm-hmm. you know that is a, an asset that program is an asset and I'm not saying you even have that vision but you know that could be spun off or sold separate and apart from you as an individual at some point
0: Yeah. can I guess or input or say something yeah. to your thoughts on it when I look at all that stuff you don't Worry about your name because that's your name. Like, it is what it is. You don't worry about reinvention radio, even though it's a cool name, because no one's going to try to put the word radio in with most of that stuff. Wouldn't even worry about New Media Summit, even though that's fantastic and everyone should go to it. And there's going to be another one in March coming up. So, blah, blah, blah.
1: I know, through the a March 9th through Let's the 11th. Like the, Tickets are on sale day? March 9th through <laughs> the,
2: March,
1: the 11th. March, <laughs> no, I got to go on my calendar. Tickets are on sale now at <laughs> newmediasummit.net.
0: com is for sale right now, too, by Yeah, the way. I can
1: always buy that. um
0: but but podcast magazine is niche enough yet wide enough and isn't, like, I would start there.
3: Yeah, yeah. I would, too, because it's, podcast is becoming its own industry. Yep. And then you're nailing down the product as a magazine. She's nodding her head.
2: Yeah. Who was it you had on as a guest who I was so impressed with? And I apologize. I cannot remember her name right now. But she was... A, doctor, I think.
3: Lori
1: Barr? Who
2: maybe. Who talked, she started the the thing for Nature Path, the Nature Path magazine.
1: Nature Path, I don't know.
2: I was some, one of your guests, I'm sure. It was I know one which your, one you're talking about. I'm blanking on and, and I, I loved it. that episode mm. because, I, to me, that is exactly what you're doing with Podcast Magazine. Yeah. She yeah. just, there was no, no outlet for anybody in that industry to connect in that way.
1: Okay, so for Cheryl Hodgson to help us then protect podcast magazine exactly yeah, yeah. so what Go
2: with
3: your gut
1: and go with your gut right <laughs> so we'll do a two for one here <laughs>
3: uh,
1: and uh, and and richie wants to to uh, to totally protect the word happiness have you heard of this word it's like a unique word <laughs> like it's happy but then there's no like i got stuff it it. Right <laughs> all right that um, so like what like seriously like what what would it take take I'm what lost. would it cost.
2: Well, okay, I've gotten, I'll tell you this, I charge a flat fee for the application which is what I charge, and Mm -hmm. it's not all that much, and then it's no, what,
1: let's do specifics. So, well, like, I,
2: you got, I don't, I'm not going to put myself okay. in a situation. I might raise my prices. <laughs> gonna, uh, I notice she's
0: breaking out her little square card reader right now. Exactly too. right. And exactly.
1: <laughs> sign here, and she's going to get some yes. of that money back from my company. Yeah, icon. as I noticed, you have a Genius Network pen there. So, Joe and uh, you know the the 25k Genius Network there. So, we got to get that. You got to get that paid for, right? So, oh, yeah.
2: Well, I actually just went to the annual event this year. It was so awesome. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. just great. Um, but uh, to answer your question, I'm not has, has a hedging in any way. It can be, let's put it this way, it can be as little as less than fifteen hundred dollars, including your filing fees, or it could be four or five thousand. No, oh, Jesus. Because, but, but that's what I'm saying. It's not a one size fits all. When someone calls me and the first words out of their mouth are "How much does it cost?", mm-hmm. it's usually not a good fit for me. Not because yeah. I, because if. I need somebody to have the mindset to understand it, it's, it's going to be different for everybody, mm-hmm. and they have to have the objective that they want to build something and protect it, and yeah. it depends, to be very specific in answering that question, it depends if you have one category and you're selling one product, and that's all you need, if you're selling probiotics, and that's all you're selling, that's mm-hmm. easy, mm-hmm. right? Right. I do, it's not going to take me that long to search it. It's not going to be complicated. It's not going to be expensive. Yeah, That's the low end of the spectrum. But if you come to me and you've got some new software app mm-hmm. or you've got uh, trainings and you've got books and you've got podcasts and yeah. you've got this, there can be anywhere from... Three to five categories I if you have you. an online. See how she
0: just upsold you to the $5,000 package? <laughs> <awesome. laughs> she
2: so, justified it.
1: Right? All right, look, as much as we'd love to. Yeah, well,
2: we'll, we'll make you a deal, Steve.
1: Yeah, thank you for that. And, <laughs> and we will, we will take good I care of yeah, you. That's
2: why I drove down here also. Thank the way you for that. Day. Something's
1: got to pay for all that gas in California. All right, so let, let me do this. I just want to give you an opportunity to share. Uh, if folks want more information they want to connect with you protect their brand have a preliminary discussion what what is the best way for folks to get in touch with you, or what would you suggest that they do?
2: Well, I do have a free gift for everybody, which Please. is a copy of my new book, a digital yeah. download of awesome. it. Awesome, It is available also on Amazon, and I'll give a shameless plug. It made it to number 28, 28 is good. all of Amazon. Sweet. And it made it to number one in 15 countries in 110 categories. Nice, and
1: you've got 34 seconds, so Okay, yes. great.
2: Meet me, go to. BrandAid, with an E, B-R-A-N-D-I-D-E.com, forward slash free gift. BrandAid, just like it sounds yeah. with an E on the I end. I got gotcha. you. Okay. .com, forward slash, forward slash, free gift. And they can also reach out to me at yeah. Cheryl at BrandAid.com.
1: Sweet. Cheryl Hodgson, it's awesome having you here on Reinvention Radio. Thanks for making the trek down from the Thank L.A. You. area to be with us here. Is our last show of 2019, my friends. We wish you an awesome holiday season. Big hugs. Big love. Wishing you the best for 2020. For Mary Goulet and Richie Wade and Kelly Pelker, I'm Steve Olsher. We'll talk to you next time here on Reinvention Radio. You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit ReinventionRadio.com.